What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Monday, it's time to talk about the top waiver wire ads for week seven. As always with this video, it's gonna get released before the Monday night game. So anything that happens after that will be reflected on the waiver wire table on my website. And we'll also talk about in different videos throughout the week. So let's start off with the running back position. Deion Jackson, Kenyon Drake, probably two names a lot of people are gonna look at this week. I would not consider either of them priority ads for me. Jackson had a really, really good game. He might be the number one running back on the week, which is crazy. Uh, he suffers a quad injury, but that's not the reason we don't want him. It's like, well, Taylor's probably back this next week. I mean, he almost returned this week. I would be very surprised if Jonathan Taylor was not back this next week. So that hurts. Hines, also probably back this next week. And so if both of them are returning, there's no real reason to even roster Jackson. He was a great ad going into the week. But if he's on free agency, like there's no... There's no reason to you know spend a top claim, a bunch of fab. There's no reason to do that. Uh, and then Drake looked really, really good. 119 yards and a score. Just no. It came on 10 carries. So he could have looked really good and also had 10 carries for 60 yards and gotten you six points, right? And then you wouldn't be going out and adding him. So he had the really big spike in production. Uh, most of that was because... I don't think Dobbins even really played in the second half. They said his knee tightened up on him. I don't 100% know how much truth there is to that. We don't really know exactly what happens. It could have just been they still want to limit his production. They still want uh, to keep him fresh, keep him healthy. And, you know, Drake was playing really well, so they went with him. Um, but, you know, Dobbins is likely going to get healthier every week. You've got Gus Edwards returning soon. So if you really wanted to add Drake, maybe use him as like a streaming option for like a week or two, okay. But my guess is that when I do out the projections for this next week, he's not even someone you'd want to start. And so again, not really a name that we need to go after. Um, after that, I think the top ad is Brian Robinson for many of you. Like we've been stashing him for weeks now. I think many of you drafted him, just kept him on IR, activated him last week. Uh, he didn't look amazing. I don't think anyone could say, oh, wow, look at how awesome he was. But the usage was great. 17 carries, turns that into 60 yards and a score. He's definitely going to be their goal line back. They love him in the red zone. And so that comes with upside. I still think, though, the lack of targets is a problem. I would be willing to bet that Antonio Gibson gets more work this week because Gibson, I mean, let's be honest, Gibson looked like the better running back on Thursday night. But like I said, Robinson's got the goal line job on lock. They love him there. So even if he's like remotely close in talent to Gibson, they're going to roll with Brian Robinson. And so he needs to be rostered in way more than 50% of leagues. Um, we'll see exactly where he ranks. I'll do the rankings uh, rest of the season and weekly tomorrow. Again, know that the lack of receptions will hurt. He's not going to command targets, but he'll have you know a good projection on the ground and with touchdowns. After that, uh, one interesting name, I tweeted this out uh, this last week, kind of when uh, the Acres news broke, but Kyron Williams, if you remember back to week one, they actually wanted to play him over Acres, but then he gets hurt right away. And so we never see that really happen. But he should be back very soon. We don't 100% know what week, but very soon he should be back. And with Akers 
likely done with the Rams. I think the most likely outcome is that he never plays another snap. They've said that there's a lot of interest in the trade market for him. I don't buy that at all. I don't think many teams are looking to trade for number one, all running back. No one really, I mean, running backs are so replaceable. Like no one's trading for running back. And number two, a running back that has looked dreadful this season. So I don't think a lot of teams are out there looking to trade for Cam Akers, but they're trying to trade him away. I just, I mean, I think it could come down to like, if no one wants to trade for him, they could cut him. They could release him. Like, I don't think he's going to play again. Now, what I also talked about last week was that just because that happens doesn't mean that Henderson is some great play. Now, I told a lot of people, yeah, if you're receiving trade offers, which a lot of people were, please sell high on Henderson because... Yes, his value goes up, but now you have Kyron Williams returning. You've got the potential that they're going to trade for running back if they don't think that Henderson and Williams can really get it done, and they have you know Super Bowl aspirations. I don't really know if they're going to get that done this season. They don't look as good as last year, but they want to solve this position, and I don't think Henderson is the answer. So all this is to say, Kyron Williams could be. He could command targets. He could be a solid option for them. And since he's available in pretty much every league and he's got a potential to be good in a few weeks, I think he's a really good stash. Another name is that combination of like Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. Uh, We've talked about them recently. I was very much below. So honestly, they're probably already rostered in your league. And I kind of told people like, I'm going to be below market on what I think you should give up to get them. And I think they're just like deeper league ads if like people added them and then dropped them. Because it's like this offense, number one, is super low volume. It's just, it's so gross. The Falcons offense is so gross. Now they're playing well. It's like working for them. But for fantasy, it's gross. And you see these two combine for 31 touches. And if you've got two running backs combined for 31 touches, 15 and 16 touches, it's like, oh my goodness, are we playing these guys running back twos? No, they scored 5.1 and 5.9 full PPR points. So I wanted to bring them up because they got a lot of touches and I think people ask about them. But you know, if they're only going to get like, you know, 12 to 15 carries for like a few weeks until maybe Patterson returns, like they don't have that much value. Again, you could add them in like deeper formats, but I would still rather roster high upside handcuffs. And that's like the last portion of running back we'll talk about is I would rather roster a handcuff that right now isn't getting those like 15 or 16 touches that these two are, but If the starter goes down, now you might have a running back one. I'd way rather roster that than getting the like seven to eight points that Algier and Huntley are going to get you over the next few weeks. So I would say in general, your roster should probably have, I would say at this point, like one to two. And that's assuming you have maybe like six bench spots. Keep on your bench one to two of the players I'm going to mention here as the best handcuffs because you want to capture that upside, but you don't want to roster like five of your six bench spots as handcuffs because you you do need like players to play when you've got bye weeks, when you've got injuries, when you've got people playing in brutal matchups. Like you'll need your bench to rotate in starters. So don't overload your bench with these players, but one to two of these players should be on your roster. So how I would right now order the running back handcuffs. And again, uh, rest season rankings are probably your best bet for this exact order. Um, but in the rest of season rankings, sometimes you can't truly account for the ceiling. So as of right now, this is how I would kind of order them for my preference. Rashad White, Alexander Madison, Khalil Herbert, Joshua Kelly, unless you guys know, obviously you're probably watching this before the Monday night game, unless something happens and that to kind of change our mind. But right now he seems like the handcuff. 
to Austin Eckler, Jalen Warren, and Michael Carter. I would kind of say that that, what was that, six running backs is kind of like in a tier of their own. And then you've got this like mini tier of Kyron Williams because we, we still don't exactly know what his role is going to be, but I think he's got upside. Um, and then Isaiah Pacheco. And then I think you could throw Zamir White into that tier as well as kind of like, you know, three players that maybe they don't have that same sort of upside as the ones I talked about before. And maybe they don't have that same chance of hitting um, with out an injury because like Kelly could still be fine if Eckler's a little bit limited. Rashad White's getting some work in now. Um, but these guys are still very valuable to own. So I'd say it's like those three. And then after that, if you've kind of exhausted that list, no one else is available. I would say Smudge P. Ryan and Rex Burkhead, two that wouldn't be guaranteed to be extremely valuable if the running back ones went down. But we know that both have a pass catching role and would get a large workload. So I'd say those two are two names that like, you know, if Damian Pierce got hurt, if Joe Mixon got hurt, they would increase in value a lot. So again, just to be clear, we're not overloading our bench on these players, but one to two of those players should probably be on your roster because they have a lot of upside. And then also to be clear, um, I didn't mention like Kareem Hunt. Uh, I didn't mention Jamal Williams. I think those players have just like standalone value. So I wouldn't even consider them handcuffs. They're just like running backs that are solid to roster. Um, and then again, another reiteration here. The top end was very clearly ahead of everyone else. You really want Rashad White, Madison, Kelly, Warren, Carter. We know for a fact those are going to be very valuable running backs if the starters went down. For wide receivers. Um, we've got kind of a mixture of stashes and players that are available right now to be productive. Um, I wouldn't say that there's anyone that it's like, if this person's available, it's the number one claim. It's, you know, 25% of your fab. Like we had um, Kenneth Walker last week. That was slam dunk league winner, right? I mean, if you were able to use number one claim, spend 100% of your fab, you're doing that. There's no one like that this week. But two players that we've actually talked about recently as stashes that are clearly going to have good roles are Wandell Robinson and Tyquan Thornton. They had three combined touchdowns this week. Uh, Wandell only played 15 snaps, but he had a great target share when he was out there. They were scheming him looks. He's so clearly their best wide receiver right now, now that Shepard's done for the year because he's still a great wide receiver. Uh, Tony, good wide receiver when he's healthy, but like he can never stay healthy. So like right now, it's Wandell. He's a top wide receiver. And while he's not like a prototypical like X wide receiver commanding you know a 25% target share because they're dominating routes he's a player that they're going to scheme looks to and if they're going to scheme looks to him and he's got the potential to have you know eight to ten targets in a lot of weeks you're going to need to roster him he's not rostered in nearly enough leagues and then Thornton Thornton looked great another player that's not going to go out there and be a prototypical number one wide receiver command a bunch of targets but they're going to scheme him end arounds screen passes um, plays designed for like play action to get him the ball deep. Like they're going to utilize him a ton. It's going to be him and Myers in the offense, and everyone else is really going to be starting to like get phased out more. But like tough to know. I would say his long term value. Are you starting him every week? I don't know that, but I think it's in his range of outcomes that every week you're starting Thornton as a flex option, like in a few weeks. And that needs to be rostered and he's owned in probably like, I didn't even check, but probably like 1% of leagues. 
after those two, um, we again have Alec Pierce. We talked about him last week. Uh, we said, you know, he's been commanding targets even on a limited snap share. When the snaps go up, the targets will probably go up. Uh, he's commanded, you know, seven targets again this last week, three receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's not like he's been, you know, incredible. He's not some high-end prospect that's going to be a wide receiver one this season, but he's averaging 7.3 targets per game over his last three, uh, and the snaps keep increasing. So he played maybe like 64, 65% this last week. If he can get up to, you know, 75, 80% every week and keep commanding, you know, seven, eight targets, that needs to be rostered. Right? Like that just needs to be on in every league. And same thing with Rondell Moore, honestly. He's only rostered in 46% of leagues. I know a lot of you have been stashing him as well. He has 18 targets over the last two weeks. He played 99% of the offensive snaps this last week. We know that Hopkins is returning, but thank goodness for that because the offense has been dreadful and they just lost Marquise Brown. Now, I have no idea right now. I think we're going to learn a lot more later Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, what this injury is for Marquise Brown. Maybe he doesn't miss that much time at all, but he could miss time. And so, thank goodness, again, that they have Hopkins returning. Um, I don't think the role for Rondell Moore is going to change at all. Um, he's just going to be playing mainly in the slot. He's going to be playing every snap there. They're going to get him those same schemed looks. His weekly ceiling is not super high. That's actually something I talked about last week when people are kind of comparing Rondell Moore to other wide receivers. It's like Rondell Moore, a lot of weeks, is going to be very close to his projection. You know, he's going to go out there and get you six or seven receptions for 60 or 70 yards, and you hope that he scores. And so he doesn't really spike for like, you know, those four for 120 to score games. It's just not the routes that he runs, but that's still valuable to own, especially in full PPR, because if you can bank on, you know, in that like five to eight reception range, well, that's pretty valuable, especially, you know, in full PPR formats, if he can get you seven or eight receptions or 70, 80 yards, that's like really, really good. And so he's got value. I'm also sure that like, I would say what? 80% of people watching this video watch the Bills at Chiefs game. And I think 100% of those people can agree that Isaiah McKenzie had one of the worst games that like I've ever witnessed. Like he was dreadful. He like forgot how to use his legs and his hands at the same time. It was really, really weird. Um, but I really like Khalil Shakir. I think he's a talented player. I think that if you gave both of them the same number of snaps in fantasy, we so much prefer Shakir because he's operating deeper downfield. He's got more upside there. They're still going to use him close to the line of scrimmage. They'll still use him in end rounds, but he's got that, you know, upside at least to catch, you know, a 20, 30 yard reception. So that's way more valuable. And if I think he's talented, like, I don't, I don't know. Like if you watch that game, McKenzie did not look good. There's no indication yet that they're going to bench McKenzie for Shakir. But you have to think if they're watching these games back and they see that like McKenzie almost lost them the game and that every time they've given him Shakir the ball, given him snaps, he's been solid. Like, I don't know. I think he's going to earn more snaps. I don't think in like eight or 10 team leagues that you really need to go out of your way to stash Shakir. But starting in 12 team leagues and especially as you expand beyond that, and especially if you're in, you know, maybe a competitive league, like I think it's worth stashing him for the future, just in the off chance that they do start to give him more work. And maybe he can be the full-time slot receiver ahead of McKenzie. And then that's obviously incredibly valuable. He'd be like a weekly flex if that happened. Outside of that list, um, I think it's only stashes for the future. 
Uh, Jameson Williams, absolutely the top stash. We do not know when he's going to return. It could be this coming week. It could be in four or five weeks. We don't know. But once he's playing 60% of the snaps, he will be a weekly must start. He is a really high-end prospect. The Lions have a really good offense. He'll have um, upside for like deep downfield work. They have a terrible defense, so they'll need to remain aggressive. Like Again, not the week he returns. Maybe not even the week after that. And that might not come for a month. But there's also a world where he returns in the next few weeks. And that in one or two weeks after that, he's playing 60-70% of the snaps. And you're starting him every week. And that's someone who needs to be rostered everywhere. Then after that, the last name. Actually, we'll do a name after this. One of the last names we'll talk about is Odell. Um, same thing as last week, though. We don't need to go over it that much. Targeting a mid-November return. That's in about a month. Uh, if you've got space on your bench, you're able to roster him. I think he's a good stash. And then the other one that we have not talked about yet is Sky Moore. Only been playing around 30% of the snaps recently. Uh, results haven't really been there. But I I think we should be stashing him. I picked him up and I believe, no, yeah, it was a 12-team league, competitive 12-team league. This last week is that a free ad. I had like multiple people on IR. Um, I don't think that like MVS, Hardman have been all that incredible like they haven't been separating enough to where it's like oh you definitely can't play sky more they haven't been increasing his snaps but if he's at 30 percent like maybe in the second half he can get up to like 60 65 percent of the snaps maybe he can take over from one of hardman or mvs and if he does that he's gonna have big play potential he's gonna be playing on you know one of the best offenses in football and he was a prospect that a lot of people were excited about so again Right now, you do not need to claim him. You don't even really need to add him. Maybe keep him in mind. But, you know, if you are looking at this list and you're like, Nick, all these players are rostered. If Sky Moore is available, which is in a lot of leagues, really good stash. Not a guarantee to break out. But if he does, it's going to be worth a lot. So, I would always refer to the rest season rankings. Remember, those are updated around noon, maybe 2 o'clock Eastern on Tuesdays. But as of right now... This is how I would order the wide receiver ads this week. And again, no one is worth spending a ton of fab on or the number one claim. Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, Jameson Williams, Tyquan Thornton, Alec Pierce, Shakir, Odell, Skymore. That's kind of how I would kind of order it. I don't think there's like a ton separating them. I would say that Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, Jameson Williams, I think are a relatively clear top three. And then you get into a tier of like Thornton and Pierce and then the trio Shakir Odell and Sky Moore. That's kind of how I do it. But if you want to alter that list a little bit, by all means, do so. For tight end, for quarterback, both of them, honestly, there's not a lot to go over. Uh, tight end, three names are Hunter Henry, Robert Tunyon, and Greg Dulcich. Um, Henry had a good game, good game in like two straight weeks. But it's more because Jonu didn't play two weeks ago than returned last week. But like he was still kind of limited. He looked great on the two receptions. They finally schemed to him and they need to do that more. Uh, but like he wasn't even a lock to play in the game. So he's obviously like, you know, he wasn't 100%. When Jonu Smith is 100%, maybe Hunter Henry isn't as valuable. So I don't want to say it's like locked in. We're starting Henry every week. But if you need someone, I mean, he's looked good recently. We know he has touching upside from last season. Uh, and then Robert Tunyon. 
the one you know pause you get on Tanyan is that yeah, he had 12 targets, he had 10 for 90, but like Cobb was out, Watson was out, or Cobb was injured, I guess, in the game. Uh, Watson was out, Watkins is out, like they didn't really have anyone. Um, I don't even know when Sammy Watkins is going to return, but I would suppose like you've still got Lazard, you've still got uh, Dobbs, they don't want to be a high volume passing attack. And they'll have more wide receivers active. If they had an injury in week, they would activate one other wide receiver. They just didn't have someone. Uh, and then, of course, you know, um, Watson, that's a weird one because we don't know exactly like how long he's going to be held up with hamstring injury. But I guess my overarching point is there's nothing that indicates he's going to have 10 to 12 targets every week. Um, it's encouraging because we liked him over the summer. And there's at least a chance that like he's getting more healthy and he's going to get more targets now. But this could be more of a you know a spiked week and the next week you get like three for 30 and we're like oh yeah like he's not really a super reliable target so i'm not like over the moon about uh, him and then uh greg dulich or dulcich we'll see tonight honestly he might be activated if he is activated let's see how many snaps he gets if he's playing over alberto if alberto even plays with him active uh but he's you know he's a high upside rookie it's a rookie tight end so there's not you know a ton of upside uh, but he's a good talent. If he's going to be their tight end one, that's someone will want. I'd say that's more of like a, a deeper league stash. And then I guess one other name is Kate Otten. Um, we see another head, they said neck, but another head injury for Cameron Brait. He's probably going to miss a good amount of time. And so you've got Cade that should be the tight end one for Tampa Bay. He is not a high upside player. But he could, you know, save the day if you really need tight end production. He can get you those like five for 50 kind of days. Uh, maybe he stumbles into the end zone a few times. You know, any tight end on Tampa Bay could score a touchdown any week. And so he's probably not going to be projected very high. But if you really need someone, he is an option. Um, I would say I definitely prefer Hunter Henry and Tunyon of the players we talked about so far. Uh, and then as I alluded to for quarterback, there's no real streaming options. Like you can look at a few different players, but... We know who the, the quarterbacks are. Like, you've got the top three. Then you've got maybe like five to six, maybe seven in that like second tier below that. And then there's just everyone else that it's like you're hoping you get 15 to 17 points. Goff is worth looking at. If he's available, it's an elite offense. They're coming off by. They're a team that I expect to produce really well coming off by because they're a well-coached team. But they play at Dallas, so that's not great. But, you know, if, if you're looking for someone, he's an option maybe Daniel Jones, but you got to know the most likely range for Daniel Jones is like 12 to 15 points and he can absolutely get you five. So that's not great. Um, I would say that like Winston, if we're able to get like Olave, Michael Thomas, Landry all back, if Winston's able to return, that would be someone I would definitely want to look at. But basically all of this is to say there is no quarterback worth claiming unless, you know, someone's 85% owned. It happens to be unowned in your league. I'm not going to talk about players who are 85% owned, but for the vast majority of you, there's no one you need to go out and claim. Uh, I would just wait, see what the rest of the season rankings look like, see what the weekly rankings look like, and just see who's the top option. I'll go with them. At defense, you do actually have a few options. I would say the Patriots are the clear top option. They have been playing incredibly recently. They get a home matchup with the Bears this week. So that is very, very, very bad news for Justin Fields. Like it is not going to be pretty for him on Sunday. And I'd actually say like, so remember we talked about a few weeks ago, it's like 
basically right now it's just the Eagles are like a defense that you can acquire or have acquired in the past. Can't get them anymore. Uh, and then use them every week in the future. I would say it's starting to look like New England could be an option for that. Maybe it's only like 80% of the time, but it's the Eagles and the Patriots are becoming a really consistent, really strong defense to where when they're at home, honestly, I don't even care who they're playing. You probably want to play the Patriots, but you know, especially this week, like if they're available and they're playing the Bears, you have to be starting them. Uh, after that, you can look at New Orleans at Arizona. Arizona's been playing bad. Like I said, Marquise Brown is injured, but they kind of replace him with Hopkins. So that's kind of a wash. But I mean, Arizona has been so bad letting up sacks like New Orleans is a great play there. Uh, Chargers at home against the Seahawks. Seahawks took a step back this last week. Um, I know that the Seahawks are going to love running the ball against the Chargers. Chargers can't stop anyone on the ground. And this also does depend how do the Chargers look on Monday night. If they look terrible, if they let Denver score points on them, maybe we'll kind of push this one back. Uh, but the Chargers are still good defense, and so you could stream them as well. Uh, and if you don't have any of those options, how about the Jets? I mean, the Jets at the Broncos, so this is also dependent. How do the Broncos look tonight? Uh, but the Jets have been playing really well recently. I believe they have an average of three sacks each game over the last three weeks. They've scored double-digit fantasy points in three straight. Like, they haven't allowed over 20 points scored in the last three, and these are against, like, the, the Packers. Like, the Packers looked terrible against the Jets this last week. And so, if the Broncos look bad again, Jets, not a bad option. So, that'll do it for the Week 7 waiver wire ads. There is an ordered list on the website, one through, I don't know how we went over, one through, like, 20 or 30 players here um, that you can look at see how much fab you want to be spending. So look there. You can look at the rest of season rankings as well. That'll tell you what players you can drop, how I would order every single player in value. You can use that for trades. You can use that for ad drops, all that available starting, I would say again, around noon or two Eastern on Tuesday. And that'll also be when the week seven rankings are released. I'll be back Wednesday to go over the top trade targets this next week. Thursday, running back starts at Friday, Wide receiver starts it. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.